Marketing Your Private Practice is a podcast where you'll learn easy to implement tips and strategies to grow your business without spending all day online. I'm your host, Kathy Koliakovo, and I teach practitioners the Thrive Marketing Method to create simple and streamlined plans by focusing on long-term strategies, not just social media. Discover ways to spend less time on your marketing, attract more clients, and build the financial freedom that comes with a thriving practice. One where you have time left in your day for the people and things that matter to you. Hey, Private Practice Heroes. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm your host, Kathy Goliakovo, and today I want to cover some tips that will help you optimize one of your 10 marketing foundations, your email marketing list. And in particular, we're going to focus on newsletters. Building an email list and sending those subscribers regular communication and content is one of the marketing activities I tell folks to never stop or skip. I've actually got an episode on if you had only one hour a week to do with marketing, what would I tell you to do? And I'm going to tell you right now, it's focus on the emails and leave the social media. As much as everyone always says they don't like getting emails, the fact is more sales happen from emails than social media, at least for those of us regular practice owners. Influencers, they're a different story out there, okay? Don't get me wrong on that. It can work. A lot easier, especially if you have hundreds of thousands or millions of followers. But a lot of people think that email marketing is a pain in the butt and they don't like to do it. But emails and newsletter type emails, that consistent new content you can send the people on your list, they are a great way to nurture and engage those people to build that relationship you started with them. They got on your list somehow. Something interested them one way or another. And that makes them a lead for your business, someone who could become a potential customer. These newsletters are a way to stay in communication with them. And I know most of you know all of this already, especially if you've been listening to the podcast for a little while now. But if you're like a lot of clients I've worked with or members in my Thrive Marketing Academy, you probably also get stuck on how to get those emails to work for you as much as possible. Because the last thing any business owner wants to do is spend time on any type of marketing activity that is not effective and not helping your business. So let's get you some tips and strategies to optimize your newsletters and emails so they are getting you more opens, more engagement, and more results. When it comes to email marketing, you really need to understand making it work is more than just the content you send in those emails. There are key elements you can factor into all of it that help you bring on that more of everything that we're all looking for. There's 10 elements, in fact, and that's what we're going to talk about today. These key elements, which are ones you can include in your emails and specifically newsletter-type emails that you send out. These elements are going to help more people get the emails, more people read the emails, and even help create new leads and sales. What we want happening is We want more subscribers reading or consuming the content you send them. We want them to feel good about what you've shared with them and build that know, like, and trust factor with you. Because typically, if you're listening to my podcast, you're probably a service-based business owner or you've got some type of business or practice where people are buying your expertise, your specialty that you have. 
And I know I've got a lot of folks in the artisan community that listen to, and some of you, it's the same thing. Yes, they might be buying your products, but at the same time, you are really a big part of your art. So think about that as you're doing this. What we want to do here is make sure that people are really getting to know you and your services, your products, or your programs. That's the kind of ROI we want to have with newsletters. And some of these elements will help build all of that so you get more of that. More people opening them, more people reading them, more people taking action from what you've put in them. So let's dive in so that you can understand what these 10 elements are and begin using them If they're a fit for your business, not everyone will be, but I will tell you that there are a few that I consider non-negotiable. So these are ones you do not want to skip. And I will tell you too, some of these elements might be a little bit difficult for you to envision by audio. So be sure to check out the show notes page because I will have some images on there that will help you understand a couple of these elements a little better as well. So Element number one is effective subject lines. And this is a non-negotiable, folks. Subject lines are the number one factor that determines if people will click and open and read your email. But they can also determine if your email will go directly to a spam filter too. So you want to be careful how you put these together. Many email marketing systems have tools that will help you check your subject line if it's okay and if it has any issues in it, making delivery of it a problem, meaning getting it in the inbox of your subscribers. So you will want to check and find out if your email system has a feature like this to help you and make sure that the subject line you're sending is an okay one to use and send. Now, a tool that I use all the time is one called, it's from CoSchedule, and it's a headline analyzer. And I really like it. It gives me some ideas if the headline I'm putting together It actually scores them. So it gives you some good ideas if you've got power words, emotion words, common words, things like that. And of course, there's always some of the AI tools out there that can help you as well come up with some good subject lines. But there's a couple things about subject lines you need to know. An ideal subject line is one that doesn't have a ton of words in it because in this case, less is more. Now I'll tell you, my headline analyzer doesn't really follow that rule all the time and neither do the AI tools that I use. I know a lot of people use ChatGPT. I started out with that one, but I've been using another one recently. It's called pop.ai. I just like the way that it works better. I can upload a document a little easier than I can with ChatGPT. But a lot of these tools will make your subject lines really long. So I really like you to keep them under 70 characters if you can. Keep the words a smaller amount as well. We don't want a whole bunch of words that people are not going to see in their inbox. Plus, a couple other tips here. You don't want to use a lot of punctuation marks. So think a lot of exclamation points. Leave those out. And make sure the words are not all capitalized because this will trigger the spam filters as well. So really think about short, simple, enticing, and intriguing when you're coming up with your subject lines. And the biggest thing that you don't want to do is give away what's coming in the email. You want to be invoking curiosity, not giving away the firm in the subject line. So you want to make sure that it catches people's attention, but doesn't give them something like a topic so that they can necessarily prejudge if they want to open it or not. 
So short, simple, enticing, and intriguing is what we want here. Now, the second element is what they call, and it's different in a few of the systems out there, a second line, a preview line. It's something where you'll be able to see a little bit more of wording that may be specifically and pointedly set up to show when people are looking at the email in their inbox. Now, this, if your system has it, it's a non-negotiable too. You always want to use it. And sometimes maybe your second preview line is, is something as simple as an emoji. What happens is the email marketing systems out there like ConvertKit, MailerLite, AWeber, all of them out there, they have this option to add, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a preview line. And it's a line that will show after the subject line. So I like to pointedly use this to add to the message, but you also have to keep in mind that not every email system will show it. So your subject line has to stand alone as its own understandable and clear subject line. You can't make them dependable on each other, but you can make them support one another. So I kind of think about this as something like a subtitle of the subject line, if you want to look at it that way. As an example here, maybe a subject line says, have you seen this yet? And the preview line could say, it's brand new. So both of them, well, the subject line, not both of them, but the subject line can work on its own. It doesn't need the second part to make sense, but it certainly adds to it. So if, have you seen this yet? It's brand new has a very different meaning than have you seen this yet? So if you can add that in using it in your system, that's great to do. And I suggest you use it as much as possible. But the other thing you have to remember is if you copy last week's newsletter to use again for the one to send this time, make sure you change the second preview line because I've seen it happen a lot where they did not change that and then it made no sense and it confused people. So if you can put in a second line, a preview line, put that in and use it as well. Your third element is your alt text on the images you use in any emails or newsletters. And this is also non-negotiable. So alt text is also known as alternative text. It refers to the word or phrases that get assigned to images and emails and on your website too, by the way. And to get a little technical here, alt text registers as an attribute in HTML. So code, hypertext markup language is what HTML actually means, but I like to just refer to it as code. So when the code is coming through the email systems or the newsletters or even on the website, the alt text will tell the viewers or in the case of your website too, the search engines, what is behind the content of the image. So the alt text really helps the search engines and people in the emails, reading their emails, understand what the images are all about. You won't always see the alt text. In fact, most times you don't see it. But if you have your inbox set up so that you're not displaying images, so you're not showing images that come in from emails, the alt text is what's going to show instead. So it can help people understand what the image is if you use it as a descriptive way to tell people what the image is about. So think of it as a description of the image. Sometimes the way I do it is if I put an image in that has a quote on it, I might just put the words quote and whatever the quote was on the image. Sometimes you might use it to describe an image, an ice cream cone, whatever it might be. It's just used and intended to help if the time comes for the person reading the email 
If they're not seeing the image, they'll see the alt text and understand what may be going with that. And I've got a pro tip for you here too. Every image on your website should have alt text added to them as well. So when you upload them, there are some extra spots when you upload an image to your website that you can add the alternative text on, and you should do this. It is actually very helpful for the search engines. It helps them understand a bit more about what your website is about, especially if the images are described with keywords. So alt text, put them on images and emails, and do them on your website images as well. The fourth element here is having Two parts, a beginning and an ending, an intro and a signature and contact info. And this is non-negotiable too. The intro, not so much, but the signature and the contact info, I think is a big one that should be non-negotiable for everybody. When you send a regular newsletter, and okay, for those of you who aren't quite regular yet, with your newsletter, I mean, you always want to have some sort of intro that will segue into what you're going to share in the article in the information. A little background on how it will help them. Some people will get a little personal here because you're trying to build that know, like, and trust factor. If you've been on my email list for any time at all, you will see that my weekly newsletter that comes out, I get a little personal in there. Sometimes you'll see pictures of my family and me with my family or fun things that I'm doing that are a little outside business, but I always tend to use that as a way to segue into what the lesson in the article is about. So if you can do that, great. It's not for everybody. But the thing everybody needs in their emails and newsletters is a signature line too. So put your name there, put your contact info, make sure that you have information so they know who this came from. There's a lot of times, I'll tell you, I get newsletters from people that I've signed up for and it's just signed Jim or Susan. There's no link to their website. There's no title. There's no full name. And I get that it's trying to be personal, but for people that are new on your list, they may not understand who you are at all. We all forget what we signed up for when it comes to newsletters sometimes. So make sure you put that information in there as well. And You can also think about adding an about section. I have that in mind too. And I do that with some of my clients, especially ones who have uh, group practices. So there's more than one person who's part of the business. So having an about section is a great way too to also add and include ways people can contact you, book a call, sign up for a service. So think about that. Number four, intro and signature with contact info. The fifth element is your main article, the message, the lesson that you want to teach people. This is the meat of the content in the email you're sending. The lesson, the tips that you're sharing, whatever it might be. The length of this content will depend on how you create it, the message you're trying to send, the lesson you're trying to get across, and what your readers are likely to consume. You want to get an idea of what they like to get and see too. And sometimes what you can do is just alternate. You know, maybe this time you have something short and sweet, then next time you have something a little more involved and longer. And by the way, I want to mention here, if you do create an article for your newsletter, please, please, please make sure that you use that article on your website too. Don't waste that content by just sending it in your newsletter. That article is your anchor content, your consistent new content. And it should always get posted on your website as a blog article too. Not everybody on your email list will read your blog. Not everybody finding your blog will be on your email list. 
Don't waste the content. You wrote the article, use it in two places. And I do have more about this in a blog that I wrote that explains more about your anchor content. And I will link to that in the show notes for you as well. Now, this is often when we talk about newsletters and content and the information you put in it, where people will always ask me the big question. Is it okay if I don't put the whole article in my newsletter and just put a link to read it on my website instead? And I'm going to share my opinion of this and my answer and let you decide what you want to do. But I'm going to be straight up here. My answer is no. Put the entire article in the email. And here's why. I always recommend doing this and not putting a link in your website to read more. I don't want to see a button that says, read the rest of the article here. And here's why. Email marketing open rates on average are about 22% for most industries. And that means if you send your email to 100 people, 22 people are going to open it. I'll be honest though, these days my clients and I are all getting an average of about 45% or more. Part of it's because we use these elements. Part of it's because we use a good system. We're consistent with the emails. That all helps too. But the other thing is people get used to our content and they want to see it. They want to read it. So they're consuming it. Some folks get higher open rates because they have done this. They've built up that loyal list of subscribers who can't wait to see what they share each time. So open rates can depend on the email system. It can depend on your content. It can depend on the people you have on your list. But what you want to remember is not everybody's going to open that email. Now then, the other part of statistics when it comes to emails are click rates. And click rates on emails and newsletters tend to average anywhere between 2 and 5%. And what that means is what amount of people are clicking on the links you have in there to go somewhere else, to maybe read the article, to sign up to book a call with you, whatever it is that you're putting links in your emails and newsletters, the number of people that open it is called the click rate. So the average is about two to five. If you did use a link and say, read the full article here, your click rate will go up. I promise you, it will go up higher. Probably, I've seen this as we've done testing on it, probably about an average of 8% is what goes up. But even if your click rate went up by 8%, so let's assume you had 2% before, you're putting in the shorter email and saying, read the article here. So your click rate's going to go up 10%. So let's back up here. 22% of the people opened it, but you didn't put all the info there. You put in part of the info and told them to go read the rest on your website. So some of them did, 10% of them did. That's only 10% of the entire list. So the odds are better if you put the full article in there that the 22% of the people who opened it can skim, read it in full, or even just you know skim through and get the gist of the lesson. If you put it as a link, and yes, you raise up to 10%, that only means 10 people click through to read all of the message because they had to go to your website. So in my opinion, and it's not exact science, I'll be honest here, but I'd rather have the opportunity for 22% of the list to read the entire message by having it in there versus having a higher click rate, but that's still only 10% of the people getting the message. is fewer people. And I've done tests on this with many clients in the past, testing this over and over. I'm telling you right now, the increase went up to 8% for most of them. 8 to 10%. And so to me, it's still not enough because not enough people are then getting to read your message. So 
My advice here, put the entire content in there. You're going to have links for things for them to click up. Maybe you have a sale or a sign up or whatever it might be, not just to read the rest of the info. So you're still going to have some sort of call to action for them to do something else. But if you've put a lesson into this article, I think it's a better option for you to put the entire article in the email so they can read it in that one spot. Because the other thing, let's assume that you do try the read more and people go there. If you think about human nature and how people are, you're going to get people to click to the website to read it. But now you have to hope that they don't get distracted online and leave your website somehow. You've got to hope that they actually come back to your inbox and finish reading the rest of the email. My theory is this is not what typically happens. You might lose a few to web browsing and some of them might come back, but will they actually then take the time to finish reading the rest of the email? So if you had other important information in the email, they may be missing that as well. So that's Kathy's theory on emails and why you should include the entire article in the email. And that's why I always tell people to do that. Moving on, we've got element number six. This is where you want to have some sort of call to action. You want to share an event, a promotion, a sale, a special. This is where you're typically going to have those CTAs. Maybe you're promoting something new. Maybe it's something old. Maybe you're reminding people about something. The thing is, you want to make sure that you're adding some sort of offer here. So include that in to your emails and newsletters. And you may also have emails or newsletters where you don't have an article because you've got the event or the promotion or the sale happening. So you can definitely have very focused emails that go out as well. Typically, what we're talking about here are newsletters and building the relationship and the know, like, and trust. So I'm still saying it's okay. You send them the good info, teach them something, but you should still offer them something too. And just be cautious about offering them your lead magnets because they're already on your list. A lead magnet is a list builder. So you're trying to get people's names and emails, but people on your email list, you've already got it. So be really clear and strategic about what you do with those lead magnets. Some email systems offer a tool that you can have people sign up for that, but without having to go through a sign-up process. So I can, in ConvertKit, for example, I can tell people, oh, I've got a new lead magnet. If you didn't get it, click here and you'll instantly get a copy. And I send them either to the PDF or to the thank you page where they get it. And that action is a trigger link. And what that does is it tags them and it puts them in the entire system as somebody who downloaded that lead magnet. But I didn't have to take them to a page where they enter their name and email because I already had it. They were on my list. So calls to action, having some sort of sale or offer in the emails and newsletter is good to do. And feel free to add those in. The seventh element is client testimonials. So I always love adding these in. It kind of reminds you about how you should be collecting them on a regular basis. And by the way, while we're here talking about testimonials, if you're someone in my Thrive Marketing Academy or my Thrive Coaching Circle and you haven't given me an updated testimonial of late, I would love to have one because I'm going to share those in my emails, newsletters, and on the website and in social media. So there's definitely lots you can do with testimonials, but I love having them as an element in a newsletter because it's feedback from your customers, your clients. It's something that's in their words that talks about your services. So I think it's a really good thing to add. Now, 
these are typically always going to be positive of you because I've never actually seen anybody share a negative testimonial. So they are biased in some ways, but they're also words that have been used and said by people who've worked with you. So it's a really good way to let some of these words hit home with the reader to help them possibly make a decision and take that step to work with you. Plus, I often think the stars in my testimonials like seeing themselves in the email and it is extra marketing for them because I always put in their picture, I put in their name, I put in their website, their title. So it is some extra boost to your own business as well if you're the person who is giving the testimonial. So that's a little bit about adding testimonials in. The eighth element is extra tips or info. Sometimes I see people kind of throw in a quote or an extra tip, just one sentence. And I think they're kind of neat too because they can sometimes add to what you have. So as long as it's not detracting and distracting people from reading the main content you have, that's something you can throw in there as well. Number nine is what a lot of folks like to do is doing a recap of previous articles. And as I was prepping this, I was realizing, you know, I've forgotten to do that probably for the last year or so. I've changed the layout of my newsletter and I'm probably going to go back to putting this in. It's kind of like just having a recap and a list of some of the previous articles on your website or your blogs, whatever it might be. And so an example of this would just be having a simple section that says, here's some other articles you may want to check out and then have, you know, two or three listed have the title there and links to the article or the blog online as well. So this can sometimes also help people remember to finish the article from last week if they got distracted. Now I said last week, but maybe it was last month, you know, depending on what schedule you have. But sometimes here, it can actually be a way for you to get people to catch up and go read something they may have missed because not everybody is going to open your email every time you send it. So having those recaps of previous lessons or articles is a really good way to catch people who might have missed it. And also, in case it wasn't clear here, pretty much every single article that you send by email as a newsletter, should be posted as a blog post. I'm going to repeat that again. I talked about it at the beginning here. It's part of the Thrive Marketing Method I teach people. It's all about you take that article, you put it as anchor content on your website, and you use it in your newsletter too. And by the way, the rest of the system, just as a quick way to finish it all out, is simply pulling content out of that article to use as your consistent new marketing content for whatever cycle you're doing. So that main article you're going to use and send as your newsletter can be the basis of all of your marketing content if you've got a good system. That's the method I teach my students. Um, If you ever want to learn a little bit about that, feel free to book a call with me and we can talk about how it works. Now, number 10 on this list is the last one. And this is optimizing the reply to email address and ensuring you've done all the verification you need to for your email address and domain before you start using your email marketing system. And this is a non-negotiable one, folks. It's also the most technical in the lot of all of these. And it is a verification that's been around for a while, but recently with some changes from Google and Yahoo, if you don't follow some of this verification, you could end up being in people's spam filters. And this even goes from sending emails one-to-one with people. So there is some information. I'll put a link to a good blog article that I read about. But ideally, what you want to have here when I say optimizing the reply to email 
is you want to make sure if someone hits reply, it actually sends the reply to your email and not to your system's email. So this can happen if you don't set up this reply to email. So some people will do this if they hit reply to. And because the person who has sent out the newsletter hasn't done this, the reply to email actually goes nowhere. It's trying to go to some unknown address in the email system that that person was using. So always go through, follow through and set all of that up. Because if someone is going to be so moved by your words, they want to reply and reach out, you've got to make it as easy as possible for them to click so that simply what happens is just the same as getting any email from a friend or anybody. You hit reply and the email goes right back to them. These emails are often the emails that lead to good communication building, good relationship building, new clients, and new sales. And that's why making sure your reply to email is set up properly is important. The verification of your email and domain, that's really technical stuff. So you're probably going to need help from your website manager or some other tech support. Some people I know who have the patients have taken the time and gone through it on their own through their email system. There is a deadline coming up for this, February 1st of 2024. I will let you know I'm having my web manager, Marta, come on the podcast soon to share some of these changes. So we weren't able to get this done in time for February 1st, but we will have her on there. So if you weren't sure what to do, hopefully she can give us a couple tips on and explain a little bit about what it means. You may not be the person doing it, but you want to try to understand it a little and that's what she's going to help us do. So be sure to hit follow wherever you're listening to this podcast so you can get notified of new episodes because that one is one you don't want to miss. And that's it. That completes our list of 10 elements to include in your emails and newsletters so that you get more ROI, more engagement, more people opening your emails and ultimately we're looking for more clients and sales from your emails. Remember, a couple of these are non-negotiable, so don't skip them because sometimes they help you in ways that you don't think of, hidden ways when it comes to SEO or deliverability of the emails. So as a recap, we want to have effective subject lines, non-negotiable. We want to have effective second line preview lines. And again, if your system uses this, always use these. You want to include the alt text on your images, have an intro at the beginning, your signature and contact info at the end. Then, of course, you're going to have the main message that you want to send in there. Maybe you want to add some calls to action in for an event or a promotion or a sale or special. Include some kind words from clients, some testimonials in there too. You might want to throw an extra tip in or not. That's up to you on that one. And you may do that recap of previous articles. Last one here is doing the techie stuff and optimizing your reply to email and making sure you've done your verification of your email and domain. So once you start doing all of this, but even before, I'm going to tell you. So what I want you to do at this point, and I want you to do this before you even try any of these, is I want you to take note of some of your current stats first before you make any of these changes. Know what your open rates are, your click rates. You know, know how many people are replying back to you or not. And then test this out. Update these elements, optimize them, put them in place and test it out for four to six emails and see what kind of difference it makes in your results, in your stats and your numbers. You'll be able to see that if you're tracking it only. If you don't track something like that and you're not sure how to, I'll put a link to my free marketing stats tracking template 
I'll put that in the show notes because it will get you started on some of those things that you can be tracking, those numbers and KPIs that as a business owner, you should be looking at and thinking about. So I will put that in there, but always make sure before you make changes like this that you have your current stats and know what's going on right now. These 10 elements are not rocket science, folks. They're fairly simple to make happen. And like many things, simple tactics when it comes to marketing can be very effective. So be sure to check out the show notes page to see all those extra things that I was talking about, the images and the links to the other supporting articles or podcast episodes. You'll find them at marketingyourprivatepractice.com slash 80. That's the number 80. And make sure you check out there and I'll put links to all those resources. And this is Kathy Koliakovo signing off and just sharing. Remember, if you want to thrive in practice, this is helped by sending those regular and consistent newsletter emails to the subscribers on your list. And when those emails are optimized with these 10 elements, that will help you get the best ROI possible from all of your time spent doing your newsletters and emails. I'll see you next time. You can find all of our show notes and resources mentioned at marketingyourprivatepractice.com. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram at pepperitmarketing and say hi. I'd love to hear any feedback you have and make sure to rate and review the podcast and hit subscribe on your favorite player so you don't miss any future episodes.